Hey, we're back. Another episode of Conversations About God. I'm here with Casey Stagg. That's Ryan McKenzie. Dave Bouton's not here right now, so um, just in honor of him, can you give us your best Dave Bouton impersonation? It's more of a, a walk. I do a pretty good Dave Bouton walk, so <laughs> we'll have give to... Give us a little Dave Bouton. You know, you kind of... <laughs> if you're listening to this on a podcast, um, go on uh, Facebook or go on YouTube. Check out Northwest Orlando Church in Orlando. Look that. Look us up. That's where this is on, and you can see Casey Stagg sitting in a chair pretending to walk like Dave Bowden, who's not here. It's it's probably the best thing we'll do today. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not. Well, we're going to do something a little different today. So um, since Dave isn't here, I, I had, a, had a thought this morning driving into work um, that I wanted to just interview Ryan and really kind of dive into his story, his life with God, his life without God, and how God intervened, and what changed in Ryan's life, his mind, his heart, his actions, everything that, that changed once he truly experienced the gospel. Because in First John, we've been studying about knowing God, right? right? And it's not just knowing about God, but actually knowing him, experiencing him. And you have an incredible story where you knew about God, kind of. Yeah. And then you actually knew God, you experienced him and everything changed from that point on. So I'm just going to ask Ryan a couple open-ended questions. We'll see where the conversation goes, but he's someone who I've known for years and he's never pulled any punches, especially when he's talking about himself. He's a very humble guy who um, wants other people to... um, be encouraged by his story, but also he wants to, to better the people that he's around. And I know I've greatly been affected by his level of vulnerability where it frees something up in me when he's willing to, to be humbled and vulnerable and share his struggles and his shortcomings. And I've been able to truly walk that out where I may not have had the boldness if someone else wasn't willing to do it before mm-hmm. me. So. I'm looking forward to what this is going to do for the people that listen to this. Hopefully it unleashes something in them and uh, super excited for it. So yeah, a little heads up would have been nice, but I mean, this is good. Thank you for that. 10 minutes. 10 minutes is all we need. It's your story. It's it's true. It's true. So, um, well, let's just open it up where, I mean, you, you kind of grew up, um, loosely going to church, knowing about God, kind of in Christian family. Yeah. Well, so growing up, we did, I, I went to like, I remember one one summer, one year, my mom was tired of me and my brother just being awful. So she's like, we're going to church. And we went to a Universalist Unitarian church. And I remember seeing a, I remember being like elementary school, like fourth or fifth grade and being like, there's a Buddha and a Yoda and a yin yang and a peace sign and some driftwood hanging from the ceiling. And there's a cross and there's some other stuff. I'm like, why are all those things up there where they're talking to us about being good people? Like, it didn't make sense to me. And now I know why, because those things are not compatible with each other. And some of them are just silly, like Yoda. It just, it's silly to worship that. But um, I remember going there. It's kind of like, a, eh, that's what we did. And then for like a, maybe a, a year, and then once the summer came, they shut down any kid stuff over the summer. So my mom was like, what the heck? So we left, and we never went back. So I'm very grateful that they shut that stuff over the summer. <laughs> Otherwise, I might not be here right now. I just be, believe everything is okay and All everything right. is good. But um, And then we finally, a friend of mine invited me to church, a Methodist church. Um, when I was in sixth grade, their youth group started for them. And so he was going to choir practice. Mm. And he said, hey, I got choir practice tonight. 
and youth group, do you want to come? And I had like very, not, not a ton of really good friends. And I was like, sure, I'll go. So like we went, I joined the choir <laughs> just because he went and he drove me. So weird. Yeah. And um, I'm not a good singer. And um, and then I went to youth group there all through middle school and high school. Wow. I had some moments where I kind of felt like I experienced God or felt like he loved me. And um, some times where I gave my life to him, like I said, I believe in you, Jesus kind of things. Right. And I just, you know, it was I was a Christian yeah. by name. You know, I don't know that I understood it all. Yeah. I had some moments, and, and that's where it all kind of started. So we, both of us, work in youth, but you even more being the, the youth pastor at our church. And um, you've seen it where kids grow up in church, and they have a relationship with God. But when they graduate high school and they kind of leave their bubble or they leave their yeah. church, whatever it may be, it seems like the, the wheels fall off. Um, is that kind of what happened with you when you, you graduated high school or what, what, what was high school like with your faith? Was it something that was real or was it more of like a dualism thing where you were living one thing on the weekends and something different when you were at school? Yeah, I think like family comes into a big play with that. Um, and and no parent wants to be like controlling of their kid. Um, I don't think any parent does like in in that way, like, like make them believe something because you really can't. Right. Um, but my mom and dad weren't Christians. Like I was the only Christian in the house that I called myself a Christian. Right. And so anytime I did something wrong, I'd get this like, "You, I thought you were a Christian." Like, didn't turn the light off. <laughs> I thought you were a good. <laughs> That's person. what they would say to you. Oh yeah, oh, like wow. flat out. Like so. And then I was on a, I was on a baseball team too. So like I had like a dual life going on. Where right. Like at school, I wanted to be one of the cool kids. Yeah. So I'd make fun of anybody I could just to be one of the cool kids. So like right. none of the. None of the kids that weren't as cool that liked me, and none of the cool kids really liked me. So I'm like stuck in the middle of like making fun of these kids just so I can be like these kids, and uh-huh. nobody. I didn't feel like anybody liked me, so that was like. But then I go to church, and I didn't feel like they liked me either because I wasn't really living this life right. all the way. Like I was a hypocrite. Like yeah. just so, it wasn't when I graduated. I mean that that was bad. It got rough in college, yeah. but um, my senior year of high school, things got got really like rough I'd go to youth group just to because what I did yeah and um doing a lot of other things that I shouldn't be doing that like are just not good at all I, back to the family thing just my parents weren't Christians but I see like you say we see kids like that are raised in the church and parents that don't want to be controlling so it's like well yeah we, we lean away from it so much because we want to have grace for our kids and we want to have like want them to figure it out on their own that like it just go do, we're okay them making mistakes and doing what they want, which is gonna happen and they need that. Like they need to make right. a mistake and be able to repent and come back. But like I wish I would have had somebody like looking back say, Hey, this isn't okay. You say you're this, but you're doing this. Right. And if my mom or dad would have done that then, maybe we would have gotten in a fight. I don't know. But at least I would have known like that they cared about me and they really wanted something to change in me. And like I see that happen a lot now where we're afraid to make our kids upset. And we don't want to like ruin the relationship. So do whatever you want. And I'm just going to pray. I'm just, I'm just believing that God's going to make it all work out. It's like this just big like, I don't know how to, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad if that's how you've experienced as a, as a parent. But like, and it's just a cop out to me that like, right. it's like, yes, but he's also put you in charge of them in their life. He's also put you as an influence in their life to, to right. have those conversations and to, and to bring those things up and to lead them the right way too. So it's. I mean, you're, you're a parent, your kids aren't 
in high school yet, but you're, this is almost more of a perspective of you were a high schooler once yeah. who, yeah, if yeah. someone would have said that I wish that they would have, right? yeah, I wish they would have. So it's yeah. not like another parent saying, do this. You're kind of almost coming from the kid's perspective of like, side. please yeah. tell, like this would have made a difference in, in my life. So, um, yeah, I can, I can see that same thing. Um, and I hate it. I hate when they leave. It seems good when they're here, but then they leave and they're a totally different person when they come back from college or when they come back after they graduate, whatever. And it's not everyone like it can happen without a doubt, but, um, I feel like their faith is truly tested when they're outside of what they've grown up in. Right? Yeah. If and, you go, I, I went away to school. It got, so my faith pretty much went to nothing. Yeah. Um, so you went to North Carolina, right? Out of state. I bounced around. Yeah, yeah, I had um, a semester in North Florida Community College because I, I would do anything to play baseball, right? right? And then I was gonna get registered at a community college, so I was like, I'm out of here. So then when I was, came back home, kind of actually got plugged back into Northwest. At that point, I was like hanging out with Dave Bowden and a small group he was running at Princeton Diner. Like, just went because I had nothing else to do, and I was like learning about God and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was like, and then I left because baseball was everything, and so then I went to North Carolina. And then came back and went to Rollins, and that's when uh, everything started connecting back here with, right. um, with the church. But so then, what in your in your mind, in your life, in your heart, what was God to you? It was He. You never lost faith. Never lost the the your faith in the fact that He existed, but He definitely wasn't real yeah, to you. I didn't become like an atheist or agnostic. I, right. I, I definitely believed there was a God. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in in James, it says even the demons believe that God right. is real, right? Like, they just don't surrender to him. They don't listen to him. So I think that's probably the camp I was in. Yeah. I, I think I had the best way I've thought about it, I guess, is like I definitely had God in like this box. Mm-hmm. And it was like, hey, when I go to church, you can come out. And then we can talk, you know. But if I'm at school, if I'm with a girl, if I'm with whatever, if I'm going out with friends, then... You're in a box in my room, and I will take you out when I want to. And no one knows about you. Take and no one needs to know unless I tell right. them. And um, and I'm only going to tell people if it makes me look good or if it makes them think I'm a better person. And it was manipulative, and it was like... So I knew stuff about God. Right. And I was the good brother, right? Like, my, my younger brother, like, he was more honest than me, honest. Like, yeah. he, he was a liar, and he did some rough stuff. and like, But, like, he was... The way he acted was at least more honest because, like... He didn't believe in God either, and like, but didn't try to act like it. Right. So I'm like, I'm the good kid. I don't drink right. too much or at all, really, and I don't do this and I don't do that. Like, I'm looking good, looking yeah. the part, and really, it's just dark in there, yeah. you know. And it was not. It's not cool. I think, yeah. What's tough too is, I mean, the Bible talks about being lukewarm, and yeah. Y- so meaning, either be hot or be cold. So it's like. You, you reference your brother's life and comparing it to yours, like God would have preferred you to be more like your brother than the lukewarm person that you yeah, were because you weren't hot for him, but you weren't cold. You were just kind of manipulating him, controlling God. Yeah, and, it was and, bad. Um, I actually just reading that verse the other day. My wife and I were reading a book, and um, Until Unity, Francis Chan book, really, really cool book. Um, but um, he's talking about that, reading that, that verse, and it says, I'm standing at the door and knocking, and it's like, He's talking about the, the cold person. Basically, we think lukewarm Christian is like a term. Mm-hmm. And that's what I actually, I said that to somebody in middle school or high school. I forget what it was, but there was like a, I forget who said it. Well, a friend of mine said, you're not one of those like crazy, like on fire for God Christians, are you? And I was like, no, no, I'm like, 
I'm like lukewarm-ish, you know. I'm not like that. I think I said According those exact scripture, words. I didn't even know what I was saying, yeah. and like just, <laughs> just how foolish that is, right. and just so I wouldn't look like I'm some crazy person that loves right. Jesus. Like that's right. what all I care is. Is this kid gonna like me? Yeah. Am I gonna be cool? Like that's all that mattered to me. And um, but like that verse, Jesus is saying like if, there's no such thing as a lukewarm Christian. Right. Like a Christian is someone who has surrendered to me. Right. If you're lukewarm, you're not a Christian. I'm knocking at the door. Let me in. Yeah. Don't be lukewarm anymore. Like right. that's. Oh, so I wish. Yeah, wish we would have. Yeah. Yeah. So thankfully, that's not you anymore. So let's kind of dive into to what changed and what happened. So kind of walk us through. The people God placed in your life, uh, the experiences, the encounters that you had with God that you felt the gospel really come into your life and change everything. Um, there's so many things. Um, so the, the big moment was actually at Pastor Dave and Pastor Aslan's wedding. And, um, and I, I just remember Dave asking me to, um, to be one of his groomsmen. And I'm just like cool and then I was like I'm he's a really good guy I'm not a good guy we're good friends but I don't this okay I'll do it I'll be in his wedding and like it was like it was an honor it was fun and through that process though I I just met people that didn't live like I did Mm. and they didn't think like I did and um and I remember seeing them I remember standing like you know, at the ceremony, we're like lined up and I'm like, watching them get married. And it was just like this thought in my head was like, they've saved themselves for each other. And it was like, no matter what you do, you can't take that back. Like no matter what, no matter how good you are, no matter how many things, you can't change that. And it just, it clicked for the first time that like, no matter, like no matter what I did, like I couldn't change what I've done. And I don't know, like I always had this thought of like, Oh, I'll be good. I'll, I'll be good and then I'll make up. For, I remember praying to God saying, if I just do this, will you help me get this? And it was like always this trade-off. And I would pray like stuff like that. And um, that was this moment. It like clicked. That like, I can't make up for that. I can't take that back. And um, I'm, I'm going to have to tell my wife that one day. And um, sorry. <laughs> um, and so it wasn't like this like emotional moment right then. But it was just like, you got to change. Yeah. And so I... Um, I remember standing there watching them get married. I have no idea what they said or what Pastor Mark said or anything. I was just like, you got to change. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to change. And then I walked back down the aisle. And um, as we're like leaving the wedding and I'm holding it, Grace Lynch is on my right arm as I'm walking down. I was like, she's amazing. (laughs) Had you you met her before that? Yeah, we met through the wedding and at Rollins a little bit here and there. Like just sporadic conversation and like kind of hit it off like good for him just like I realized like as we're walking down out from their wedding I was like this is the kind like I've never been interested in a girl who really loved Jesus it was always just what are they going to give me what are they going to do for me and this was like someone who I'm like how can I be like her she doesn't need me (laughs) I want to be like her how she loves Jesus like that was like the most incredible thing ever to me um so knowing her and watching them get married like changed my life in a big way and um, I don't know. If that is. Man, what a what a such a foundational truth to realize that you can't save yourself, right? Like only Jesus could take that sin that you've committed for years, yeah. and it's washed away only by only yeah. by the blood of Christ, only by the cross. And 
not one work, not one thing you could say. None of that would ever fix that yeah. solely by the the miracle of of the justice of God being met, but also mercy being poured out at the same time. Yeah. And you got that. Like every believer has to have that as a foundational truth. And it was like sounds like the first foundational truth you had where you realized you couldn't save yourself like you yeah. had to have total reliance on god and, and there's nothing like there's no message that i remember maybe maybe there was some really convicting message i don't remember i just remember thinking like i'm not i can't say i can't stand up at my wedding day and say what they're saying yeah and like it was just like wow yeah so their righteousness really convicted me right and, um, God, but that was one yeah. particular sin you were talking about or thinking about, but it's like across the board, yeah, whatever, everything. everything you've ever committed. And you're you're kind of keeping score in your mind of like, well, I just need to outweigh my, my good exactly with my bad, right? Yeah. Where that's the furthest thing from the faith. Yeah. We can never save ourselves regardless of what we do. So yeah. what a foundational truth to get from like day one that has only grown in you since then, right? I remember, yeah, I remember, yeah, this is the next Sunday. I don't know how long their honeymoon was because Dave was at church when this happened. So if it was the next Sunday, if they were back or they hadn't right. left yet, I don't know. But I remember going like there was like... I don't have no idea what the message was, but it was like, if you need Jesus, you need to come down here right now. And so I'm like, I'm coming. Like, and I walked down, like, just crying. And um, Dave was there, and we hugged, and I just was weeping. And I'm like, I got to I gotta confess some things to you, man. Like, you think I'm this guy? And you think I'm, I had, like, this fake. Like, he was my friend that, like, I acted good around because right. it would get me, like, I thought it would, like, make me look better for him. You know, right. I had other friends I would not good around, you know. Yeah. I was like, I'm not this guy you think I am. He's like, I know. <laughs> I was like, what? You thought you were fooling him. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's even in John yeah. chapter three. Where this this week is like, yeah. we were not nearly as good at it as we think we are. That's <laughs> like basically what he said. Yeah. Um, but the and like, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I've done that and I just like started listing everything I could think of and just said I've done all of these things and yeah. I I want nothing to do with it anymore and I don't know what to do because it's like ruined. I, I can't. Yeah. And um, he's like, I know. And I was like. What do you mean you know? I was like, he's like, God loves you. I was like, what do you mean God loves me? Like, how could he love me? Like, right. I was just like, I just remember hugging him and crying and being like, what do you mean? How could he love me? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. And like, it just, and they prayed for me. And I was like, Jesus, I'm yours. I'll do whatever you want. And mm. like, I don't know. I went on an encounter at the church and I just wept even more. And I went yeah. on another encounter. I just like all these times at group and encounters and meeting with people and talking about like my life and being like, said, open right. about things. Like, right. I just kind of made up my mind. I've been, I was manipulated my whole life. Like, mm. I just like, I don't care if it makes me look bad anymore. Right. I'm going to just admit to stuff. Yeah. And like, as, best, as much as I can, because I'm done with like, not being, like, being a Christian, but not really being, not knowing Jesus, right. you know? Like, that right. is, like, I don't want it. Yeah. And that life of, all right, how do I act with these? It's just so inconsistent, so yeah. fake. So your pendulum swung the exact opposite, and you're like, this is me regardless yeah. What, what people think regardless so there were some awkward moments right some tough moments because you were still in college at that time playing, yeah, so that playing between baseball my, between my junior and senior year that summer right but i'm like but you were bold with your faith gonna be one it, of the captains on the team essentially right. like or there's guys that are better than me but like i was a starting shortstop you know so it was like i'm between my junior and senior year i'm like everything changed yeah and then it got weird it's <laughs> <laughs> so like I came back to school and people are like, Mackenzie, you joined a cult? What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's like, like, not because I was preaching at him or anything. I just stopped cussing. Like, right. I didn't cuss him. Yeah. Everyone's like, mother. And I'm like, I just was like, 
<laughs> Dang. <laughs> like, it just had... I don't... I used to cuss nonstop. Right. Like, that would... But an immediate change. Like, like an evident change. I didn't desire it anymore. Right. I didn't want to. Right. Like, it was, like, crazy. Yeah. So that was... That was awkward. So, I love that you bring that up, because referencing the sermon from Sunday, it says, the world will hate you. It doesn't say, they might hate you. It says... The, don't be surprised when the world hates you. Right. So we look at why they may hate you. Now, they were still your friends. They You were on the baseball team with them, but it, something flipped in them. And you started living one way, and it started almost exposing something in there. Now, they could have hated you for different reasons. I don't know why, but in the group I attend, we were talking about what what is it about Christians that makes the world hate us? And... One thing that we that we said is there's like an internal shame or, or if you see someone living the right way and you know deep down you're not living the right way, yeah. you tend to not like that person. You tend to not be you because feel, it exposes remember, something in you. That, I remember feeling like that. Right. Like part of me, like when I wasn't living for God and I was calling myself a Christian or thought right. I was a good person, like there's part of me that was like, I want to be that free. Right. And there's other parts of me like, shut the heck up. I don't want to hear your crap because it makes me feel bad because I'm doing crap. So like, I'm like, yes, I want to be with you. And then other parts are like, like there's this internal battle of like, um, so yeah, it's something that happened all the time. Like I I remember, so you're in college and you meet people and you meet girls and you put number in there, you get numbers and like Facebook was like only college people at that time. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm like deleting people, canceling friends off the thing. Like people like that I only met because there's only one reason that I wanted to have their number, right. and there's only one reason I wanted to talk to them. Yeah. And I would only text them at certain times of the day because I that there's something right. So I started del- I deleted every number of anybody that I had for the wrong reason in my phone. Mm-hmm. Which looking back, I needed that. And like at the same time, I'm like, man, I I I, per- I need it, so I'm glad I did that. But like, I'm really glad I did that. But like, there's like so many people I could have like reached out to and sure. said, "Come along with me," you know. Sure. But like, there's certain people that I, I'm glad I didn't try to reach out to because yeah. I would have fallen right back into right. sin again really right. hard. Yeah. And I I would get text messages from random numbers that I deleted. That I didn't know who they were. Hey, want to hang out? Delete. Hey, why don't you respond to my text? Delete. I didn't even like. I, I wasn't even trying to like. This makes me sound like a jerk, maybe, but I wasn't even trying to explain myself. I did like I was like, I'm done with this. Yeah. I don't care. Like, yeah. like I started this relationship for the wrong reason. We're not really that close anyway. So in my mind, I'm like, it's just you that that slam the door. It, yeah. Like close friends, I didn't just cut people out of my sure. life. It wasn't like a you know, but like, and I get like, I thought we were friends. You're such a jerk. Like just like these like all of a sudden it turned angry and mean, and I would just delete, 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 and mm. like I had yearbook. This is like, I I had yearbooks from high school where I would like have people's numbers and I'd call. I just open the year, yearbook and call them up and like whatever try to find yeah. parties or whatever else going on I put them in a box in my dad's driveway I lit them all on fire yeah. and like I was like I'm done with this like I don't want to go back to anything of who I was and it was just so it was a little intense right yeah, like yeah. it's my personality maybe but like <laughs> I'm like I'm not going back right, right. Um, and it's hard it was if I I really believe for me if I hadn't have done that I would have find I would have found the way my mind works I'm always looking for a loophole or find a way into something like that. Right. And I would have, I would have found a way back to my sure. if I hadn't cut that out like that. Okay. So I want to ask you one last question. I love, I love your vulnerability and, and, um, how it was immediate. Like the, the gospel became real to you. It wasn't just something you knew about, but it was something where God infiltrated your life and everything changed. And 
so he's working, but at the same time, his church is working mm -hmm. with you and on you and people loving you. So I want you to kind of expound upon how integral the church was in this time where you're cutting people out of your life. You said you kept some close friends yeah, around, I mean, yeah. but truly you got... I didn't quit the baseball team. I didn't drop right. out of school. I had friends, but like the stuff that I knew was going to pull me back into sin. Right. I was like, so you yeah. had to fill all that same time with new people, new things, right? You're pursuing a girl at the same time so that took up some time but yeah. at the same rate you dove headfirst into the church and yeah. i want you to kind of talk about what what that was like and and um what the church did for you there so part of it i did make like grace and i became friends yeah. um and it was really i was like man i just want to be around this person she loves jesus more than anybody i've ever i've ever seen in my life um and there was like a, a beach trip where the sellers were going down to some condo or something they're like you want to come with us and I was like, sure. <laughs> I just I didn't know anybody that was going. Right. And I was like, I'll go with all these people from the church. And I went, and I remember seeing Grace there. And she just got up one morning and like went out and read her Bible, and played, had a guitar, and like went off by herself somewhere and was like just singing by not not for anyone. She didn't know anyone was look. I was like creepily watching her. Right now. <laughs> I sound so bad. Your vulnerability. Dude, I <laughs> but I was like, I've never seen anybody do anything like that. And I guess now, like. I realized that should be a normal thing if you read yeah. your Bible, but like, I was like, it was foreign to you. People actually open this right. thing. People actually read this. Right. This is crazy. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that was an option. Like, it was, I thought you just you kept it on your nightstand, right. and when someone came over and you didn't want to see it, you just put it away so you didn't feel guilty. You know, that's how I felt. That's right. how I used my Bible. That was yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, but then getting in small group, like going over to David Aslan's, like, they would have me over, like, they took me out, they went on a date, and they, I went on a date with them, like, to hang out with them, I'm like, guys, you're married, like, why am I here, and like, we love you, I was like, you're a friend, I was like, this is insane, like, <laughs> thank you, like, yeah. I just felt so, like, part of their family, right. and then being a group with you, like, I, I don't know, I've heard so many people say, like, well, I need a group where everyone else is in the same season as me. Like, no one in this group has kids, or no one in this group is married, or no one in this group has the same type of job I have, or no one in this group is as young as me or as old as me, or parents say that my kid needs to be in a group where everyone is older or younger. And like, we put that thought in our head enough, and then all of a sudden you start nitpicking every situation that like no one's ever in the same spot as you enough, so you never feel close enough with people, so you can't be vulnerable and you can't have a good group. Right. And I remember looking, I mean, I didn't even realize it, but looking back at the group that we were in with Dave, it was like, there's middle schoolers in that group. There was high schoolers. There was, I, was a I was about to graduate college, yeah. like, or I just graduated college or whatever it was, and like, and everything in between. So from middle school to 22 years old, like, mm -hmm. it was like, and I don't think I ever once thought, like, this is weird. This or, is weird, or that's a middle schooler, right. or that's a, like, I was like, we all love Jesus, mm -hmm. and we're here to try to figure out how we can help other people love Jesus. And it was the coolest time. Yeah. That was the best thing ever. Right. I, I never, they're just brothers. You yeah. know, it was all it was. It was just like, we want to love God more, mm -hmm. and I don't care if, you know, how old were you when I was, I was 21, you were 15, maybe? Yeah, Is that 14. like 14, 15? So yeah. like, it was like, I don't think I ever thought twice that you were in high school. Right. It was just like, it's Casey, this is what we do. Yeah. So I probably treated you like I thought you were a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> just like, like, what the heck are you doing? You bought me beer that one time. I'm just no, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That. that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so special to me because it was like, we just love Jesus yeah. and we just want to be together. And there's times when we're praying with each, for, with each other and for each other and like laying on the ground crying and praying. There's times where like 
I specifically remember a Friday night where we had a worship night at the church, and it was just like music from an iPod mm-hmm. and words on a screen. And I remember looking around, and there was like 34 people in the room, and we're just worshiping and praying. Yeah. And I was just like, this is insane. Like, mm-hmm. I like this. Yeah. Why do I like this? <laughs> like, yeah. this, this is Friday night, and I'm at a church at 9 o'clock at night just singing. Like, right. this, is, this is not how my life was a year ago. Like, right. this is insane. So, uh, that stuff is... It's special. It's yeah. precious to me. Right? So that was that was early on, and then you quickly got on the the offense, right? Where you started sharing your faith, you started serving, you started um, taking it outside of just you. Yeah. And um, truly, like that that's one thing I I think I loved the most about our group was everyone was in it. We were all serving, yeah. stumbling through it, like not knowing what we we're doing, but at least we were doing something right. And yeah. helping each other out every week, praying for one another, encouraging yeah. one another, talking about our victories and talking about where we, where we had an awkward moment sharing our faith or where we screwed up or did something dumb. But at the end of the day, we were still doing something right. So, so many dumb things, right? Yeah. yeah but like, like awkward trying, conversations yeah. and trying and working through it versus trying to get it all figured out first and then saying, all right, now let's go do it. Yeah. It was like on the job training type thing. We That's were all new Christians and it was something that was alive in us yeah. and we wanted other people to have that same experience. So what was that? How critical was that to not just consume it and not just experience it for yourself, but what did it do for your faith to then take it outside of your house, take it outside of church? That's, what did it do for you? That's everything. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know that you can put like a, what point was more important. Obviously surrendering is the most important thing, right. but like if you don't go and do anything with it and you just think, well, now I need to learn enough. Are you really surrendered? Right. You know, cause like anybody can like sit there and learn enough until they feel confident and then they go. But that's still on your terms, on your time. If you're surrendered to Christ and he's asking you to go, then you just go and you just trust him that he's going to give you enough, you know? Yeah. Like, so um, that was huge for me. I feel like the group that, that we have now is a lot like that, where there's right. like, some people are like, have learned a lot. Some like some people are brand new Christians and it's just like, let's just go. Let's just yeah. do it. Let's figure it out. Let's make it happen. So that's really cool. When you guys are saying that, I just got excited about it. My wife yeah. and I's group is just really cool. And um, but yeah, there's like, it changed everything when yeah. you just like are willing to just go and try it and mm-hmm. then like remember like even as early as my senior year of college I was inviting guys on the baseball team to come to small group and like, hey come on out it's great I, I, we're talking about this tonight or just come on out and like so right. we got one or two guys to come here and there and the coach actually pulled me aside and said hey don't bring that Christianity crap in my locker room anymore and I was like I'm not what do you mean? And he's like, you can you can believe whatever you want, but you can't bring that. You don't bring your Bibles in here. Don't talk to you about Jesus in here. It divides teams. I don't need this team divided. And I was like, it's all I know. Like I can't. Yeah. Like coach, I can't play for you if you're telling. I remember like in tears. I I, I looked at him. He walked away. And then I, like that night, I, I called up uh, Dave. I, I'm like praying. I'm talking. I talked to Grace. I'm like, he wants me to like not talk about Jesus in here. So I'm like crying. I'm like, this is my dream to play college baseball. I'm like, yeah. I think I had to give it up. I'm like. All right, I'm gonna to go tomorrow, and I'm gonna tell him, Coach, I can't do that. And um, if that means I'm not on your team, I can't be on your team. But I really want to be on your team. But I can't give up talking about Jesus. Like yeah. I'm not gonna make anybody listen to me. I'm not gonna yell at them. But if they want to talk about it, I'm not stopping. Right. And he was like, I, I said all that to him. He's like, All right, well, just don't make it. Don't don't make it a big deal. I was like, So I can still talk about it here and be on the team. He's like, Yeah, but just don't. You know. I was like. Okay. <laughs> so I walked out. Like, uh, he had no words. Like, right. he's like, who is this? <laughs> I was like, 
but you didn't leave any room for gray area. You're like, no. I need you to tell me I can still talk about it. <laughs> I was like, if you, if you yeah, don't, then yeah. I'm not on this team. Right. If that's the rule you're having, right. then I'm, yeah. I'm willing to be done. Yeah. And he had another kid he wanted to play. Like, first game of the season, another kid played shortstop. So I was on the bench yeah. senior year. He made five errors that game. I came in the last three innings and never came back out again. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, so I was like, right. never wanted the whole way through. But anyway. But, but you drew a line in the sand. I had to. Yeah. Like, I felt like I had to. Um, but stuff like that happened all the time. Like, right. I've told you a story about study hall when, like, I got done with, like, anybody who had bad grades, which I'm a senior, I'm passing my classes, I'm not going on to a master's degree. What are bad grades don't, don't exist, <laughs> yeah, right? Degree, right? So, like, I, I did degrees, whatever. He's getting degrees. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm not, get good grades, kids. It's good. <laughs> but, um, I finished my stuff, I pulled out a Bible, I start reading it, and he comes in, he starts screaming at me, put that Bible in here because your, your grades suck, well, F in this. I was like, Put it away and looking around. Everyone else in the room had their books out, but they're just taking shots of tequila the whole time. Wow. And I'm just like, they're looking at me like, don't write us out. And I'm just like staring. I'm like, this is some garbage right yeah. here. This is some. But anyway, just stuff like that all the yeah. time. Like it was. Anyway. Man. Well, I appreciate your vulnerability, and, and you're not one that's going to boast about yourself ever. Um, but I want to tell you, like, your life has been crucial with my walk with God and in my faith and I've seen that multiply like truly where you made some tough decisions early on God affected your life and you don't even realize the the multitude of people who have been affected like my family has been saved and changed because of you and your vulnerability your boldness and allowing God to work in your heart and I'll forever be grateful for that and I'm even more excited to know that it's just not my family that's been affected and changed for eternity, mind you, but so many families within our church, so many families outside of our church, and many, many more to come. So I just want to say I love you. I'm so glad that you have allowed God to change your life, that you've been obedient to what he's called you to do, and that you haven't kept your faith to yourself. So thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. See ya.